Today on City Cash Chicago. Chicago's women's sports stars have been on fire this season. Yesterday, we talked about the sky's domination in the WNBA, and today we're headed to the pitch, looking at the rare star success in the National Women's Soccer League. They're coming off a nine-match unbeaten streak and are currently ranked third. And this year is a rebuilding year after allegations of abuse across the NWSL led to coaches, the commissioner, and players leaving. At this vantage point, at this uh, point of this season, I would say that the NWSL is in a lot better place now because it kind of went through hell last year. Here to walk us through it all is Claire Watkins from CHGO and Just Women's Sports. It's Wednesday, July 20th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. Well, the Red Stars right now are ranked third in the league after they lost to Houston on Saturday. Can you give me a little insight? How does this season compare to past seasons? Sure. Um, It's a lot of turnover, to be honest. It's a very different-looking team. They're much younger. They've had a number of season-long absences, a couple of season-ending injuries. They had a lot of trades and turnover in the offseason. So... The fact that they're doing so well is actually a pleasant surprise, not because we don't know what the team can do, but just because it's such a different team and it's such a young team and they're playing in a different style. The, the fact that they, yeah, so the, the, the game against Houston was a little bit of a, a bump in the road, but prior to that, they had been doing really, really well, doing a lot of new things with new people. So um, I think that it's great that Chicago is doing so well, not only because obviously it's great to be in third, but they're building for the future as well. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that nine-match unbeaten streak leading up to this weekend. Do you expect for the team to continue that kind of domination in the second half? And what has been at the core of that with so much, as you said, turnover going into this year? Yeah, I do think that they they have a better shot. So the NWSL schedule is a little bit weird sometimes in that summer is also when big international tournaments happen. So people might be aware that the U.S. is playing right now. They're doing their World Cup qualifying campaign. And so you get these little seasons within the season where you have your U.S. and Canadian stars and then you don't and then you get them back. And so the Red Stars are getting Mallory Pugh, Alyssa Nayer, and Biakas and George back after this weekend. So I do think that they're going to have that kind of infusion back of, of that top talent, and that's going to settle them down a little bit. But I will say, on the other end, what kind of led them to this unbeaten streak, I think, has to do with their versatility. Mm-hmm. They did it with Pugh and Nayer. They did it without Pugh and Nayer. Um, they've been able to deal with different injuries, different absences, by really becoming a system team first. So it's a lot of like, we're going to plug these players in and they're going to go out there and and work really hard. And we believe in our system enough that that's going to be able to to carry us to at least a result. Mm -hmm. I mean, just a question you know, for, you know, somebody who doesn't, isn't all the way tapped in with how much soccer is going on around the world, Mm -hmm. you know, does that create a disadvantage for all teams that at any point your star players could be, you know, pulled to play for their national team, play for a World Cup qualifier? And and how do the Red Stars kind of manage that? Yeah, there are some nuances to it, but in general, yes. I think that you look at the calendar, you know, when these, like the CONCACAF qualifying, which is the North and Central American qualifying is happening. So you go, okay, we have a general 
general idea of which of our players will be featured in this and whether they will be going or not, right? Um, sometimes there are little surprises, like Bianca and George going for Canada, I think was a little bit of a pleasant surprise, but you're always happy for the player when they get into <laughs> a, a roster like that. So it's a little bit of a, it's a, a thing for the team to manage, but it's never bad news. The team hasn't only managed, you know, st- players having injuries, players moving. But coming into the season, I mean, there, there was a lot of controversy coming into the the league's 10th season. Can you yeah. talk to listeners about that a little bit? Because it, it impacted not only the Red Stars having to get a new coach, but, you know, there's a new commissioner in the league. Teams across mm-hmm. had to deal with new managers. Yeah, I think at this vantage point, at this uh, point of this season, I would say that the NWSL is in a lot better place now because it kind of went through hell last year. Um, there was They were in a very public negotiation for a collective bargaining agreement that got um, contentious at times. This was the first of its, of its kind in the league. Uh, you also had some essential reporting being done on different abuses that were going on in the league, whether it yeah. was emotional abuse, verbal abuse, some of it was sexual coercion, um, and just standards of coaching that were allowed for a long time, whether it was because the league was afraid of failing or even just attitudes towards women, the, these power dynamics in the league were allowed to kind of fester, and it became kind of league-wide. There were a lot of teams that had turnover for some sort of wrongdoing. There were some teams that had turnover for not wrongdoing too, but um, Chicago became one of those. Yeah, Rory Dames, who was the head coach of the Red Stars for 10 years. um, The entirety of the league. Exactly, from the very, very beginning. He, uh, there were two pieces that came out in the Washington Post about him as a coach, one at the professional level and one at the youth level, and, and they were really concerning. And um, it's another one where I think even just a lot of fans in Chicago said, oh my gosh, we had no idea that this is what was going on behind the scenes. And so I do think that there's this element of we're talking about it more, we're trying to raise those standards. I do think getting that CBA ratified now that everything, we have minimum standards in writing, we have formal investigative processes. I'm hopeful for the future, but last year was really hard. We're not going to act like it wasn't. It was a really, really tough year for everybody. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Was the former Red Stars coach, was he accused of sexual misconduct or was it more his coaching style, the verbal emotional abuse that you described? So as I understand it from from the pieces in the post, um, at the professional level, it was it was more about kind of the way that he coached, the verbal abuse, the way he treated players. Um, he was also very just involved in, in players' lives, uh, according to that post story, and in a way that did not feel wholly professional with professional boundaries. Um, and then the the piece that came out about him as a youth coach is, I think, a little bit more concerning when it comes to elements of grooming because it's always going to be different when you have professionals who have a little bit more agency than you do with kids. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, across the board, it was it was something where I think at the professional level, it was it was elements of, of verbal and emotional abuse. At the youth level, I think it was something a lot more 
more concerning. And that's something in the Chicagoland area as, as well. So um, some pretty essential pieces in the post about him. Mm-hmm. In addition to securing some, you know, some huge mitigation resources in the CBA. There's also a new commissioner, Jessica Berman. How has Mm -hmm. she handled these controversies? Yeah, she came in obviously in the wake of Lisa Baird's resignation. So Lisa Baird resigned in the face of Mm -hmm. her response to some of these concerns before they were made public. Um, I think Jessica Berman, you get this a lot with, with these, with women's leagues is that she's still kind of learning. She came over from the national lacrosse league. So she's familiar with, being a sports commissioner, she had a, a phone call and they came out with a couple updates last week. And it seems like she has a good handle on what the league wants to be in kind of a force in society or what the league wants to stand for. She talked a lot about the league's values, and that includes raising standards for players. I think the next step is going to be, okay, how do we marry that being a strong women's league with a soccer product? And they're going to hire a sporting director, I think, to to carry that load for the most part. In addition to trying to navigate the league forward from a ethics standpoint, the league is also expanding. Added two mm-hmm. teams this year. The plan is to add more teams going forward. And Berman came out and announced that abortion rights, which are at the forefront in our culture right now with the Supreme Court stripping Roe out of constitutional protection, the commissioner came out and said that they will consider abortion rights. They'll play a factor into future expansion plans. Does that mean that there won't be new women's soccer teams in states that ban abortion? I I doubt it. I I think it probably will not go that far. When she said that, I mean, I took mental note of being it like, okay, there's a stance here, which is stronger than we've seen from from other sports league. And I was like, okay, so that's nice to see. Um, We'll see what it becomes in practice. She even also said that they are taking a look at current markets that have state legislatures that are threatening for reproductive rights for women. And I, I wonder sometimes, like, the NWSL and a couple of WNBA teams have done this as well. They've done partnerships with um, with like health clinics and reproductive clinics. They've they've made those inroads to make sure that their players have top reproductive health accessible to them. I wonder if it doesn't become something like that, where the league provides as much support as they possibly can, whether it is in crossing state lines or or just making sure that players themselves are as comfortable as possible going into these markets. I do not think that the NWSL is necessarily in a position to cut out all of those other parts of the country. So mm. I was, it's a little bit of a watch this space. I think it's a, I'm glad that the league made a stance. We'll see what it becomes in practice. Cause sometimes in practice leagues find it harder to sort of follow through. Well, Claire Watkins co-hosts the CHGO Red Stars podcast and covers soccer for just women's sports. Claire, thank you for joining city cash Chicago today. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Have me back. Yes, ma'am. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. The Chicago Department of Public Health has reported over 170 cases of monkeypox. The virus can be transmitted from person to person, is rarely fatal, and typically takes about two to four weeks to heal. Symptoms include aches, fever, swollen lymph nodes, and more severe symptoms include a bodily rash. In response to increased reports of street racing, the city council is expected to pass an ordinance today raising fines and allowing cops to impound cars suspected of drag racing. But in an interesting, indirect, and ironic plot twist, Mayor Lightfoot announced NASCAR's first ever street races are coming to Chicago July 4th weekend, 2023. And some good news to get you through. 
It's the last week to catch Shakespeare in the Park, a.k.a. Shakefest. You can see these creative musical takes on some classic Shakespeare lines tomorrow at Columbus Park in Austin, Friday at Ogden Park in Inglewood, and Saturday at Ping Tom Park in Chinatown. As always, I appreciate you for making time for us. I want to see you participate in our Summertime Shot bucket list at chicago.citycast.fm. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Like, come on, you can't even write these plots. Seriously, timing is not in their special skills.